because someone has to say it, and no one does it better than Inez Says. And I welcome you back to the Inez Says Podcast. Thanks for being here. I am Scott Inez. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the front page of the WDBO app, and WDBO.com. And I invite you to join me on the radio every single weekday morning. Orlando's Morning News with Scott Inez, 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. And be sure to stream us right there in the WDBO app. Okay, I had the unique opportunity recently to chat with Rocky Sick. Rocky is an American hero. He enlisted in the Marines way back in 1975 in the wake of the Vietnam War. And Rocky spent a few years in the infantry before joining the Marine Corps Security Guard Battalion, which was a unit that watched over the U.S. embassies all over the world. Well, Rocky found himself in 1979 in Tehran, Iran. It was October of 1979 when he started there. And weeks later, on November 4th, 1979, radical Iranian Islamic students stormed the U.S. embassy there in Tehran, and they took Rocky and 51 Americans captive. Now, those of you who were alive at that time, like me, we will never, ever forget it. I was a little kid. And even at that young age, I remember seeing the video and the pictures of these American hostages being paraded through Tehran with blindfolds on. Well, Rocky was one of those 52 people being held hostage. And over the next 444 days, he and his fellow hostages endured deplorable conditions, to say the least. Anyway, I chat with Rocky Sickman on the podcast today about his days in Iranian captivity and his work with Folds of Honor, which is a nonprofit organization that provides scholarships to the kids and spouses of U.S. military men and women disabled or killed in service to their country. I didn't have to do much talking during this interview. Rocky loves to talk, and that's a good thing because he's a really interesting character. Here's that chat now with former Iranian hostage Rocky Sickman. I can't imagine what you and the others went through. Can you talk about those 444 days of captivity? Well, Scott, number one, it's an honor to be here. Every morning I wake up, it's uh, it's a blessing. Um, imagine being locked in this room for 444 days. Oh, gosh, like four hours a morning is enough for oh, me, right? I know. And then uh, if you wanted to go to the restroom, you had to knock on the door and put a piece of paper underneath the uh, door. Then they would blindfold you to take you to the restaurant. So how many people in the room with you? Um, that was the, the first 30 days uh, we were tied uh, to a chair. Our arms were tied to the arms of the chair and our feet were tied to the feet of the chair. Wow. Um, and you were put into a corner of a room and the only thing that you could do was relive your past, go to a happy place. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it wasn't until January of 1981 uh, 80, that we were put into a room, Scott, and I was in a room with another Marine and the only American civilian, Jerry Plotkin. And at the very beginning, when they put us into a room, there was a guard at the door, and we were at each corner, and we were not allowed to speak. Mm. We weren't even allowed to look at each other. Wow. Until a week later, the guard left the room, and we start whispering, and before you knew it, we were in that room. And But, I mean... It was 444 days. That's two Thanksgivings, two Christmases. Mm -hmm. And 
I mean, I was 22 years of age. I turned 23 in that hole. Young man. Um, and it was, <laughs> trust me, with raging hormones. And sure, so sure. I was running seven miles a day prior to November 4th. And all of a sudden, November 4th, that day started uh, where I was stripped my freedom, my dignity, and my pride, sure. known as the Iran hostage crisis. And, you know, it, it was a very unique situation. Nothing like this had ever happened before. But I knew that the Marines were out in the Mediterranean and they were going to come get me because I was in the Mediterranean in January of 1979 when the Shah of Iran fled the country mm -hmm. and we had 20,000 Americans over there. Yeah. So we were on standby, standby on CH-53s to go in to help evacuate them. So I knew we they were out there. Mm -hmm. And so day one, you're sitting there tied to a chair and you hear gunshots going on and you hear demonstrations chanting death to America. Because, you know, the situation, the reason why they took us supposedly was that the Shah was allowed into the United States for medical treatment. Right. And I was uh, mentioning that, you know, President Carter, when he was addressed, uh, that we have to bring the Shah in. And it's, it's noted that President Carter said, what are you going to say when the Islamic Republic of Iran takes our people hostage? Mm -hmm. Then what are you going to say? You know, and I'm bringing the Shah in. Sure enough, two weeks after he said that, that's what happened. Mm. And, uh, you know, but... They took us, um, and that morning, like I said, I could be here all day telling the story, but I will never forget two things crazy. I'm, I'm walking into the motor pool gate. You ever see the movie Argo? Sure, many times. Yeah, as they come over the wall. Yeah. I'm 30 yards to the left, yeah. walking into the motor pool gate. That, Scott, that morning, I will never forget, as my walkie-talkie went off, I turned and looked at the front gate, and the security that was supposed to be there... Mm. They were gone. Wow. Nobody there other than the radicals coming over the, the wall. Ran back. I could run pretty fast mm -hmm. back then. Ran back to the chancery because in the chancery were our weapons. Our weapons consisted of snub nose 38 and a sawed-off shotgun. And because we're just there for a small uh, enemy to come in, not for a whole country. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where the government of the Islamic Republic of Iran were supposed to come. We secured, seven Marines secured that American embassy for four hours until they broke through the basement window where they then brought four Iranian women in black shadors and the men were pushing them forward as shields because they knew the mindset mm. that we would not shoot unarmed innocent sure, women. Sure. And I can tell you, and my wife hates this when I say this, is that I regret not ever pulling that trigger that morning, Scott, sure. because... As I sat tied to a chair for yeah. the next 30 some days, right. I wanted them to feel the pain Absolutely. I was feeling. And then being locked in a room for the next 400, oh, we went imagine. outside seven times out of 444 days. How many times? Seven. 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 And it was a very short period of time. Did they give you any exercise? Exercise Ooh. in your room. Okay. I was doing 600 sit-ups. Interesting enough, I still do six, I, I don't do 600 sit-ups in the morning, but I, I still do my uh, sit-ups, but... I was doing, uh, Billy and I were doing 600 sit-ups each day. 600 sit-ups, you would wear your tailbone and it would bleed. Sure. But you were doing this because you had so much hatred. It was rage, yeah. Sure. Every time that they would take you to the restroom, they would have to blindfold you and they'd bring you back and they'd throw you into the room and they'd close the door. Before you closed the door, you wanted to grab them, but yeah. you, you couldn't because you had other people. Sure that would basically be held accountable for my stupidity. Well, Rocky, so, what was your reaction? I know President Carter tried to develop this 
this action program with the helicopters going down, unfortunately and tragically, in the desert. I believe eight service members were killed, but th- their goal was to rescue all of those 52 hostages, including you. They go down in the desert. What was your reaction and, and the other hostages' reaction to that? You know, Scott, uh, the first 30 days as I was sitting there tied to a chair, I remember back in 1975, the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. when the Vietnam veterans came home, nobody cared about sure. them. They were spent on. I thought we were forgotten. Mm. Because if nobody cared about those Vietnam veterans, and that was thousands of people, and there was only 66 of us, Who's going to care about well, us? Well, I can assure you nobody forgot you here. But we had no idea that Ted yeah. Koppel had Nightline, right, right. You know, as you were explaining. had no idea. And so it wasn't until President Carter, he had tried negotiating. I mean, here we are, Scott, four, five years later, we're still trying to negotiate. Sure. I mean, with the Islamic Republic of Iran. Yeah. Um, but President Carter heard that we were going to be put on trial by the hanging judge. And he knew that he could not have an American be hung in the middle of the streets of Tehran. So that's where he attempted, uh, which created SOCOM, uh, you know, to what it is to this day. And eight people, I found out after being released 444 days later, after two Thanksgivings, two Christmases, that eight people lost their life Mm. because of me. And these are eight people, Scott, that would never again... Uh, their sons would never be able to go fishing with mm-hmm. them as I've had sure. the opportunity. Sure. Um, go to a father-daughter dance as I have with my daughters. Mm. Walk my daughter down the aisle yeah. as I have and you. hold my grandkids. But those yeah. eight individuals. I know. I know. And so that's where Folds of Honor mm-hmm. um, has been providing scholarships, uh, 51000 since 2007. Um, 90 cents of every dollar that goes in goes back into a scholarship 45% of our recipients are minority, and out of those 45%, 47 per, or 57% are females. And that's where Anheuser-Busch, its brands, wholesalers like City Beverage, where I'm working with them today, mm-hmm. have provided in the past 14 years tw- over $27 million to help. Here in the state of Florida, we've got 577 recipients that we spend $2.6 million. Mm-hmm. So your listeners you know, here today, for me, every morning I wake up, I earn each day in memory of those eight individuals. Amen. And that's where trying to make sure that the American people know that freedom, it's not free. No. And people are dying to help provide that, military and first responders. Yeah. And so you know, your listeners can go out to foldsofhonor.org and uh, help us uh, become maybe a squadron leader mm-hmm. uh, for $13. And why 13 there's 13 folds to a flag. Those mm. eight guys, their families all got mm-hmm. a folded flag. And I know Budweiser is involved with Folds yes. of Honor as well. And and tell me a little bit about that, if you would. Yeah, well, as I mentioned, Scott, you know, 14 years at Anheuser-Busch, its brands, Bud, Bud Light, and McUltra, and, and all those, uh, and along with our wholesalers, like City Beverage, have been uh, providing, uh, like I said, over $27 million dollars. Uh, two folds of honor. So that's a lot of scholarships uh, for our families, uh, children, and spouses of fallen, disabled military and first responders. Mm, I could go on with you forever, <laughs> yeah. Rocky. There's a lot of stories. Guys. A lot of stories. We could have a lot of Budweiser's Oh together. my gosh, no question about that. But again, where do people go to find out more about Folds of Honor? Yes, sir. Here? They can go to foldsofhonor.org and learn more uh, about 
everything that, uh, again, being a donor and, and learn more about how to apply for a scholarship. Our applications are open from February 1st to the end of March, March 31st. Mm. Boy, what a great guy. Thanks to Rocky Sickman for sharing his really interesting story. Again, to support Folds of Honor, a program that provides scholarships to the children and spouses of U.S. military men and women disabled or killed in service to their country, go to foldsofhonor.org. That's foldsofhonor.org. That's going to wrap it up for the Inez Says Podcast. Join me on the radio every single weekday morning. Orlando's Morning News with Scott Inez. 5 to 9 a.m. on WDBO 107.3 FM and AM 580. I'll see you next time.